You are listening to KZYX 90.7 FM Philo, KZYZ 91.5 FM Willits and Ukiah, 88.1 FM Fort Bragg. Altogether, we make up Mendocino County Public Broadcasting, member-supported community radio. We also stream live on the web at kzyx.org. Mind if I sit down? Everything you pray for, everything you play for me. Hi, and welcome to Be More Now. My name is Blake Moore, and tonight I'm interviewing Mendocino author and therapist Elena Guest. We're going to be discussing healthy ways to cope with COVID-19, including easy DIY tools to decrease the increased stress levels many are experiencing, as well as stay productive and mentally healthy while sheltering in place. But first, I want to share a wonderful poem written by Adelaide Montagnino a Manchester elementary school sixth grader in response to a viral poetry lesson I created for students around the county and beyond. Choose Hope by Adelaide Montanino. Pandemic, COVID-19, hand sanitizer, shelter in place, Zoom. New words are every day. We live in worry that our families will catch it. We cover our faces, we stay apart. The constant reminder, don't touch your face. This is our life. Now I ask you, the maker of the madness, why? The world will never be the same. Jobs gone, school not the same. Fear stronger. What did we do to deserve your plans? We see your ugly face. You have shown us your power. You have caused us fear, pain, and panic. Drop the act. The birds still sing. The sun still shines. The flowers still bloom. And we the people choose hope. Wise words indeed for Miss Adelaide. A big thanks to her and all the Manchester Elementary School students who are writing poems, as well as her teachers, Avis Anderson and Amy Fredericks. Creativity is such a powerful way of dealing with things that we don't understand and don't have control over in many ways. And you're going to hear a few more later on in the program. And next, I'm going to bring Alina Guest on. And before I do, I want to tell you a little bit about her. Alina Guest has a private practice in Fort Bragg as a certified medical support hypnotherapist. After completing an accelerated program at the Thunderbird School of Global Management, she went on to receive further education at the Hypnotherapy Academy of America in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Alina was an allied staff member working bedside with patients at the Mendocino Coast District Hospital from 2010 to 2015. Last November, she published a memoir, Ravishing, which can be found on alinaguest.com. And we will talk a little bit about that at the close of this interview. Before I bring our actual conversation on, I want to let you know that we did pre-record this in respect of safe social distancing, and I hope you enjoy our conversation as much as we enjoyed having it. Hello, Elena Guest. It's really a pleasure to have you with me here on Be More Now. Yeah, thank you so much. It's, it's my pleasure, my privilege. So we're both on the phone. We're definitely more than six feet away. Our social distancing <laughs> is safe. Yeah, and I want to just ask you to offer just a little bit of your background on your life here in Mendocino and also what started you on the healing journey that you've been on for a long time and ultimately how you became a therapist. 
Okay, um, let's see. I moved to the coast 30 years ago, and, uh, and yet my, my journey to becoming a therapist really started just over a dozen years ago. And uh, my husband is a therapist, Steve Seiler. He's a marriage family therapist. And, um, and I pretty much read everything in his library and realized that I had a, a yearning to be of service, but for a lot of reasons it didn't make sense uh, you know, financially in terms of time and, and just logically to have two psychotherapists in the house. And, you know, and he, he naturally uh, deals, you know, he's a talk therapist and deals very much with the conscious mind. And I was fascinated with the prospect of working with the subconscious. And so I found what I still believe was the best training anywhere in Santa Fe, New Mexico, uh, and studied with the Hypnotherapy Academy of America there, and um, and took every bit of training they had, and uh, you know, and was uh, and then and then came back and hit the ground running. And I I have felt ever since then that it's my calling. It's a great work of my life, and like I say, you know, just mostly being able to be of service. There's nothing quite like it. And you have this really interesting background that we're gonna flip back around to, but you also been a performer and a kind of front person for a long time in your life also, correct? Yeah. You know, the, the interesting thing to me about that is that as a highly creative person, as a, as a performing artist and a fine artist, I don't know if you know that, no, I um, I'm a serious painter as well, and, and then as you also know, an author, and so... In that sense, I'm kind of a triple threat. <laughs> and, um, and so in all of those you know, creative pursuits, I was absolutely working with my subconscious. So you could say that even though I didn't know it for a long time, I, I was actually swimming in my subconscious you know, in order to be such a highly creative person for a long time and felt very comfortable then being a midwife to lead people into their subconscious, you know, for their own, for their own healing. Absolutely. Healing really comes in adapting your story into a creative story because in how we process them or what we do with them is what makes a real healing journey. Yeah. So mm-hmm. with respect to COVID-19 and this pandemic time we find ourselves in, what are you seeing in your own practice? Yeah, I'd like to talk about that, but I also, you know, knowing that you and I were going to talk today, I took the liberty of, of course, talking to the therapist that I have right under my own roof uh-huh. <laughs> to find out also what he's seeing, and then also talk to a number of my best friends and colleagues in my field. So, so in other words, I talked to a marriage family therapist, a social worker, and a number of hypnotherapists so that... I could really give you a you know an answer that it wasn't just from my point of view, but really mm-hmm. what therapists are seeing. Fabulous. And uh, and and then a little bit about what uh, therapists are experiencing themselves, not just seeing in their clients, but right. you know how different it is it is for them. And uh, so let me just start with that because uh, you know that's I just want to make sure that I that I remember to talk about this Love that. It's, it's very different for me, 
for Steve, for my dear friend Cynthia Wall. We, we talk about the difference of not being able to work with somebody in our space you know energetically it just it just being able to read body language it's really different for a therapist to do something strictly on the phone or say through zoom or facetime now of course thank goodness for technology because it allows us to still work right. but it's different and there's there's definitely some zoom fatigue you know <laughs> where your eyes get tired and you and you really get you get when weary you get tired of, of preening in front of the screen or like staring at yourself and going <laughs> oh my god i didn't know i looked like that or you know oh, all actually, the it's yeah go ahead if you were, if you were if you weren't finished oh i it's okay i could go on about all the insecurities <laughs> that zoom brings up but i think people get the point yeah okay so so this is kind of funny, too, because you and I are just on the phone, and I'm so relieved because, oh. <laughs> because I know that I still sound good. <laughs> you don't have well, but I'm telling you, I'm, I feel like, did you ever see the film Lost Horizon? Or at least you probably read the book yes. about Shangri-La. I, I feel like sheltering in place could also be called aging in place, because I swear. <laughs> You're getting like, older in front of your very own yeah, eyes. Yeah, I feel like I'm the woman who, who comes through that mountain pass after leaving Shangri-La, and the hero looks back at her, and she's now, you know, 101. <laughs> well, I would say that that's one of the things about dressing up and going out in public and getting that exchange, that real exchange back and forth between people, it can give you it's this referential point and so we right now we're so overly focused on ourselves that we notice all these things that we wouldn't notice otherwise i think there's that too i've been making a point of when i get up going through all the ablutions that i would normally do to get ready for a day and I'll put on my cutest property clothes. I mean, I'm working, I'm gardening, I've got my gloves, I've got, but I'll put on clothes that I might save if I want to be, you know, if I'm working with others or I want to be cute when I'm working. And I'm yeah, doing that yeah. just for myself because <laughs> I, and I'm also reminding myself, I know this sounds silly, but to wear clothes that maybe sometimes are more on the tight side so I am uh-huh. really paying attention to how much I'm eating. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, wait, yeah. these pants are okay. You know, these are the pants, you know. <laughs> and so there's all yeah. these little tricks that I've discovered that are ways to just kind of keep me in my body and in myself, in my self-love. Because yeah. that's really good for what you. time good, is asking for. Good for you. Yeah. I, I, I'm doing a lot of the, the same thing there. Um, what I call that you know not being able to be mirrored by others is is a is a reflective identity and i really recognize that there's there's definitely some loss of that yeah Um, and (laughs) And and even when you go to the grocery store everyone's wearing masks so you (laughs) don't get any reflection yeah exactly you can hardly tell if somebody's smiling at you yeah yeah, and a few people have, like, we've pulled out our masks and smile at each other like little monkeys. We pull our masks back on, you know, like, <laughs> we just smiled. We saw it, you know, because that's the other thing. If we can't hug, all of our expression has to come through our eyes. And as women and as men, maybe an understanding of wearing the burqa or imagine oh, I, women who go through their lives and that's yeah, all people see. I know. I, I thought of that just yesterday. 
you know, so I think somebody was complaining to me about <laughs> wearing the mask, and I just thought, hmm, <laughs> you know, there are people who do it all the time. Wear a chatter. And, you know, of course, our frontline workers naturally are doing it a lot more than, than we have to. So I'm remembering that. So, um, so getting back to talking about what therapists, myself and others, are saying they see, um, I think they're pretty much in four clear categories, which is, of course, fear. That is the fear of possibly getting the virus uh, oneself or someone you love getting it. Or of losing all your money. Well, that's another one of the categories. Oh, it's different. Okay. Yeah, but, but it definitely. And then there's the fear of this crisis happening here. You know, even yeah. though we said, you know, we are so proud of, of how it's going thus far and living here and, and how everybody is following the protocols and our agencies are doing such a marvelous job. Nevertheless, you know, um, because we've read about what happened in New York City and, and what's happening in New Orleans and Michigan, you know, there, that just brings up the fear of the crisis happening here. And then, and then something that's maybe broader than that is what I'll call existential dread, which is just the heaviness, you know, of, of, of this and also trying to, uh, trying to bear it you know, for this, for this long. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then as you already said, yes, financial difficulty. For some people right now, there's not any income, maybe no savings, little or no prospects. So, you know, that's the real practical side of this. Yeah. And then as we've already touched on, isolation. Right. You know, not moving through our lives with other people. And then how this is affecting people is, you know, I mentioned fear, and, and probably everybody knows. I mean, fear is necessary. It's body, the body's response to alert, that the, alert us that there's danger. But <laughs> this has been going on for a long time. And so it just moves beyond, you know, what is, we recognize as, as a body's uh, natural response. I want to say here that I believe, and a lot of my colleagues do, that it's our job as adults to carry this weight and see this through. Um, When we pay attention to the media, we can see plenty of people who are not doing that. And you get a feeling how few adults there are in some places, you know, who, um, who are just not carrying it. So, when you say carrying um, it, what do you mean? Oh, so hmm, I mean that they are not using critical thinking mm-hmm. skills, mm-hmm. that they're being very selfish, not thinking about um, the, the long term, the greater good, mm-hmm. which is really following the pro- protocols and, and thinking globally but just, as I said, think, thinking in a very selfish and immature way. Yeah. Um, or, you know, putting it poetically, like what Abraham Lincoln said, making sure that we are accessing the angels of our better nature. We really have to find it within ourselves to, to, to be, I mean, I actually think these are acts of heroism. It doesn't feel like it. We're not being acknowledged for it. But by following these protocols and, 
and knowing that we have to do this for our future, for everyone else, right. um, that is that is being quietly heroic. I just want to take a quick second to remind you that you're listening to Be More Now. This is Blake Moore, and I'm speaking with Elena Guest, therapist from Mendocino County. And I can tell you as a therapist, everyone who walks through the door of my office is a hero. People have endured remarkable things. You can't tell just by looking at them, (laughs) you know. And so I'm always uh, just feeling so privileged that people trust me enough to tell me their stories and, and, you know, and that I, because of our confidentiality, hold, in some cases, the secrets of their remarkable heroism. So anyway, we're all being asked to do something that is quietly heroic right now, which I will also just call, you know, carrying this weight individually and together. And then, yeah, getting back to the, the practical nature of our financial concerns, this is a matter of survival and I mean, I'm sure you know the, you know, if you ever took Psychology 101, Abraham Laszlo's hierarchy of needs. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that. And the and the very bottom of the pyramid is survival, and that's right. where we are right now. Is just survival for a lot of people, you know, um, food, gas, shelter, utilities, and then. And then I also want to just say about isolation, isolation that human contact is necessary. And many of us may have been taking that for granted and not knowing until now how, boy, how important it is. Um, you know, and, it, and, and of course for some they're very lonely because maybe they really are alone. And... And this is the very thing that can that can uh, make some people depressed, especially if they're prone to depression already. And of course, uh, what happens is for some people they they turn to negative coping mechanisms, and and we know this. You know, the alcohol sales are off the chart, and. Uh, the tension has turned violent. There's There's been a real spike in domestic violence. And unfortunately, this is just one of the things that happened. I'm just talking about um, nationally. These are the things yeah. we see. Well, I want to talk about one thing you mentioned that really comes to mind about, you know, the idea of people kind of not quite showing up in the ways that, that this time asks us to do. Yeah. And having that practice, I think here in this county, so many of us moved here to escape, not escape necessarily, but to step away from that rush, 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 on it, mm-hmm. doing it, uh, succeed. You know, we came here for a, a more reflective, quality type of life. We're surrounded by beauty, and we do have the opportunity to slow down in our own lives here in a way that, you know, not everybody does. I mean, if you have a, a house full of kids and two jobs, you're doing, you know, you're running around just like everybody else. But I think there is that reflective nature that we have because of nature. So do you find that in the way people are showing up locally, do you feel like you're seeing showing up in this county in a way that is perhaps a little bit above the curve, so to speak? Well, I do. And at the same time, I can tell you that therapy practices and warm lines are 
full and brisk because you know because anxiety is high people are are scared like i said right so so while you know the issues that people were bringing into the office were all over the place and everything you can you can think of what's really up right now you know, is this level of, of anxiety and panic. Mm-hmm. So it's really hard for me to say, even though I, I have been in touch with uh, my colleagues in New York and L.A., um, I, I still don't feel qualified to say <laughs> how it differs, you know, individually here with the clientele in other places. Cause I, right. Yeah. I mean, I completely agree with you about... You know, by and large, why people moved here and the, the caliber of people who are here. I'm very, <laughs> very um, privileged to live here in this community and, and love it very much. But, um, but but these are, you know, really unusual times. Yeah, unprecedented. So then let's yeah. get back to what you talked about, how it's affecting people, and what do you do about it? Well, the main thing I do, of course is is I remind people to turn to their breath work. I mean, when I when I start any uh, hypnosis session, I actually start it by teaching someone how to how to breathe slowly and deeply so that they can actually relax and become more calm, which is the entry into a more relaxed state and ultimately, ultimately a trance state. Mm-hmm. And, um, and especially if you're breathing, you may know this, but especially if you're breathing very slowly and deeply for a little while, actually diaphragmatically, so that you're accessing the vagus nerve, it is virtually impossible to be anxious at the same time. Right. So, so that's, that's the very first thing. That I that I do, and um, and I hope you know we have time, so I have an opportunity to just lead people through, you know, listeners through um, a couple of breaths, <laughs> what it's like right. to breathe mindfully, slowly, and deeply, so that um, they can practice that on their own. Absolutely, I think that would be fabulous. <laughs> yeah. So breath is a yeah. part of the technique. Yeah, and then and then for for people who feel like they're actually having a panic attack, you know, it's, it's really serious. Um, beyond the breath, there's grounding oneself. And the simple steps to ground oneself are that you find five things around you that you can see. You just identify quickly five things around you that you can see four things that you can touch, three things you can hear, two things you can smell, and one thing you can taste. And once you've done that, you're better grounded. So five things you can see, four things you can touch, three things you can hear, and then the last one is one is taste. And then yeah, two things you can smell and one thing you can taste. And most of us could say, five things taste. 
<laughs> well, I'm talking about right in any given I'm moment. I'm just kidding because I was just thinking yeah. about how yeah, 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 yeah. food is one of the big <laughs> pleasures of, of, of sheltering in place. <laughs> so continue. Okay. And then these are just some of the recommendations other than just from me, but like I say, from some of my colleagues, that I know people are doing this, but just to remind them, do everything you can to stay safe. Keep informed within reason. I'm not talking about staying glued to the news all the time. Follow the, continue to follow the protocols. They're working, and just continue to exercise enough caution to feel safe, to right. feel as safe as possible. And we I just, like all of us, have to just keep putting one foot in front of the other. Figure out what your next step is. I'd like to go back to the grounding. Oh, okay. About, you know, identifying these things. Is it something that you go through and by identifying them that is kind of a way while breathing to bring one into the body? Yes. Yeah. So perhaps I see a succulent, a small rabbit, a tree, the sky, my carport. Is that something that that just, That's just the that kind of action thing I need. of identifying kind of takes the self-referential point away? Is that the concept? Well, if you're obsessing, you know, and um, kind of freaking out because <laughs> you're just thinking about the same thing over and over again and getting worked up, but instead, like I say, to begin with, breathe and then turn your attention to those things first I talked about, well, you're really then just focusing on these five things that you can see and you're identifying those. It takes you out of the thought where you just were and on the thing that you can see. And then when there are four things that you can touch, you're either your feet are on the ground or you're, or you're sitting down in a chair. You can feel the leather of the chair against the back of your legs, you know? Uh-huh. And then you can maybe feel your hand against... You're in your lap, and in my case right now, I've got a phone against my ear. I can feel the glasses on my face. <laughs> yeah, know? I feel my warm tea mug in my hand. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have a cup of coffee close by, so um, I can smell I can smell that. There's somebody with a weed eater outside. I can certainly hear that as well as hearing you. <laughs> so that's the kind of thing I mean, and it can see it completely takes you out of that monkey mind mm-hmm. and you're and you're very much in your body with your senses which is more your body mind it's right. the beginning of entering the subconscious and so it, it allows you to calm down okay does that make sense to you total sense fantastic <laughs> I, I think that's good because I do believe you know one of the things with the monkey mind that I learned some time back about putting another thought beside the monkey mind, you know, just to try to at least if you're going to be thinking to think something positive versus something negative. But then, you know, years ago, I remember I just discovered that what I started doing was counting. I would just count all the time. (laughs) I didn't even learn that that was something that people do to stop their brains from Uh obsessing. You know, yeah. and I would just, and I was a kid, I would just start counting. I'd be counting all the time. <laughs> like, that's so weird. <laughs> you know, and then finally I was, oh, that's actually like a self-soothing technique that works. And, and then there's, there's one quick other one that I learned from Melissa Tears in New York. 
<clears throat> which is called bilateral stimulation. And it sounds really fancy, but what it is is you, you just take something like your set of keys and, and toss them from one hand to the other and watch the keys go from the left to the right and the right to the left and left to the right. And again, when you're doing that, it absolutely interrupts your brain pattern so that you can mm-hmm. no longer be obsessing about whatever it was you were thinking about. Mm-hmm. It really, that really helps. Or you could take a water bottle, for instance, you know, and, and toss it from one hand to the other. Just something like that that's not heavy, that's easy to... And then and watch it. And that, and that uh, it shifts from one side of the brain to the other, and that really helps. So there are three good techniques. <laughs> Fabulous. And what and about of course, a I have, Oh, go ahead. I have countless others, but, but most of those I would have to practice with somebody in the office. <laughs> Yeah, and then and then we don't want to do a visualization. We talked about that because yes, exactly. Driving. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean here I was all set to do a guided visualization, and then I realized, whoops! If somebody's driving, (laughs) this is not a good idea. You want to operate heavy machinery, you know, while you're being led into a a visualization visualization of a of a of a lovely place. and, you know, have your eyes closed. <laughs> right, you know. close your eyes while driving. Um, and in a trance state, as I say, while, yeah. you're, while you're driving. Bad idea. So, right. but, but teaching breathing techniques is fine. Once again, I want to remind you that you're listening to Be More Now. I'm your host, Blake Moore, and I'm speaking with Elena Guess, medicinal author and therapist. And we're talking about some healthy ways to cope with sheltering in place. So why don't you share a breathing technique with us? Oh, okay. All right. So I I like for somebody to be seated, feet on the floor. Or on the gap pedal. <laughs> no hands in the lap, back up against the back of the the chair. This is ideal. Obviously if you're not if you're in a situation where you can't do that, that's fine. But the rest of this you ought to be able to do regardless, which is that you mindfully pay attention to your breath and take a slow intake of breath to the count of five. And you should love this because it includes counting. <laughs> so, <laughs> And then breathe out to the count of seven. And I'm going to do it again. So take an intake of breath to the count of five. Out for seven. And you'll find that if you're doing that, it doesn't even matter if other thoughts, you know, flit through. You just turn your attention back to your breath and breathe slowly and carefully, just paying attention to your breath. And this is one of the most foolproof, calming techniques that I am aware of. Did you just do it with me? How are you feeling? Yeah, of course I did. Are you kidding? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's point. Yeah. That's great. So I want to just say that Anytime someone finds himself feeling, you know, a little nervous, a little agitated, you know, anxious, they realize that, they should just remember, wait a minute, 
I've got a tool right here, <laughs> which is my breath that I take for granted all the time. <laughs> and I'm just going to pay attention to it and slow it down and let myself really just appreciate my breathing, slow, mindful breathing. It's, it's a fabulous tool. Definitely, and I think that that brings us back to the idea of as people are sheltering in place, and some of us have maybe it seems like more work than ever. Some have less. Some people yeah. have things all over our property or, or chores that we haven't been able to get to because we've been so busy, and it's like this extended you know, vacation um, with some like scary vacation or something. There's this other feeling around the vacation but the idea is finding ways to increase the peace in our own life, which I think is That's what That's absolutely is right. Us. Because, you know, once you find a way to do that, you can, you're more likely to make wise choices. <laughs> you know, we, we talked about that. We touched on that earlier about, you know, making sure we're eating the right things and not too much of them and, and I haven't mentioned it yet, but exercise, how important that is because mm-hmm. it lifts your mood in addition to being really good, obviously, for your, for your body. And if you can do so, get outside right. uh, to do so, just in the fresh air. I've taken to bringing my computer out to my picnic table, and I kind of usually reserve my – I've got a covered picnic table, and I reserve it for, you know, lunch with a magazine and a book. And I don't usually work out there, but – I'm realizing that if I have desk work to do, I don't want to be inside more than ever. Yeah. And it's been very rejuvenating. So that's, I think, one new practice that has come for me that's going to be something I incorporate, of course, when the weather is cooperating. But I know that that makes my day, even if I'm sitting at my computer, I feel like I was out in my garden because I am right by my garden outside (laughs) while I'm working. And that's a new technique that I don't think I might have thought of because if I'm going, and this is a very, very busy time of the year for me normally because I do a lot of work in the schools. And so instead I'm trying to create virtual lessons and online stuff and all this focus work that can be a little bit mind-heavy. And I found for a couple days it was, it was harder for me, and then I got the idea of going outside. And now I find, oh, I can't wait to go work. good for you you know you're touching on something else that I really wanted to mention which is finding things to be grateful for right Um, noticing what is working you know noticing the things that are positive because it's so tempting to just notice what isn't but um, it is very healthy (laughs) to to really notice what you can find that that is working, and and like I say, you know, finding things to be grateful for. Um, there's a fellow named Martin Seligman who's written a lot of books about uh, about happiness, actually, and um, probably the best selling of which was called Flourish, and and he said, find just three things to be grateful for daily. Right. And if you can, even think about three things that went well, three things that you thought you did well. 
you know, so if you're doing a project because you haven't been able to get to it until now, you know, you can pat yourself on the back. Hey, <laughs> I finally got that project done. You know? I find that is very much part of the, I write down what I want to do in the day, and then at the end of the day, I'm like, yay, I did it. And I find well, that so, I don't make And anything. that's touching upon something else that's really important, excuse me for, for cutting oh, off no, there, please. but I'm glad um, which, is, which is structuring your day. Mm-hmm. Because along the lines of what we've been saying, finding a focus so you can feel productive in some way. Um, especially, you know, I talked about, yes, it's important to be informed, and we are finding that we are, you know, as therapists, you know, I know, doing more Zoom <laughs> sessions. But having said that, it's still important to limit screen, screen time and, and structure your day so you're doing other, plenty of other things as well, you know, that I've already, already talked about. Yeah, right. So then coming back to you and just anything that you want to add about this time, maybe an antidote or some way that you've seen, something you've seen that, of course, is completely confidential that might bring some relief or healing to someone and go, oh, yeah, I could, that's me. I, I could do that. that. That makes sense to me. Well, let's see. Let me just say what we can control right now, there's a lot that we can't. But what we can control is our reaction to this situation. Mm-hmm. One of the takeaways of my of my book, Ravishing, is a Sartre quote, a Jean-Paul Sartre quote, which is, freedom is what you do with what's been done to you. And boy, is this an example right now. Right. Of, you know, we have a choice of how to react to what's going on. And I already talked right. about, you know, all of our quiet heroism. We're being asked to sacrifice right now, but for all the right reasons. Right. Because this has a purpose. You know, we're, we're slowing the spread. We're flat, flattening the curve of the virus until a vaccine can be found. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, we can really grow from this. That's what I expect, is that we will be able to look back and of course, I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know when this is, but we can have hope because we can actually imagine a time when we're going to be able to look back on this and realize, wow, there were many of things I learned. I learned, I learned about my own character. I learned about, you know, how I'm tougher than I thought I was, and what an adult I am, and 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 and, and how much people matter to me. The people I've been taking for granted that are right here, either that I live with or that are in my inner circle, I can certainly say that's true for me, you know, even though it's had to be obviously by phone, right? like you and I are doing, or like I say, you know, by Zoom or something. But thank God for it. Yeah, and I, I really think a lot about, you know, the idea of going back to normal. Everyone, I hear that a lot. I can't wait to get back yeah. to normal and that idea that we're going to have a new normal. And, you know, I've been getting a lot of how do you integrate the new COVID-19, post-COVID-19 or COVID-19 reality into your daily lives, whatever. Like, I, I'm not making light of that. But what I keep thinking about is 
really about what I'm doing now and what practices are going to be part of my new existence. What are some yeah. things that I have maybe even brought back into my, la- my life? And one thing that keeps coming up for me is leisure. I have not Big had leisure in my life. And this oh, is yes. in yeah. a kind of ah, space because even with deadlines and everything else, it's not like, oh, I got to rush here for this meeting. I got to put on, I got to do, ah, ah, ah. I feel like every day I'm walking, every day I'm doing my yoga, I'm making great food, I'm finding time to garden, but uh, instead of, oh, my God, I got to do all my gardening at once, it's like I'll garden for an hour or two and I'll do something else. And so this natural flow of the day that, you know, I remember when I first, discovered union therapy and i remember a book that he i saw a book of him in a garden or something and i remember thinking gosh look at how nice that life looks and that <laughs> put me on a path that ultimately led me to buying a school bus and like living outdoor like having it changing my life because i didn't want to be <laughs> on the treadmill and of course like anyone who is a doer eventually your life just gets complicated again you simplify and it gets complicated you simplify and it gets complicated I like the structure of my life. I like the way I do it. But I really want that as a society, this taste of leisure that so many of us have experienced, that that can be incorporated into this new way of being. Well, I love what you said about, you know, you're taking things a little easier because it's like you're exactly what the whole planet is doing. The planet is breathing more easily without all the traffic. And, right. you know, there are translucent waters in Venice and the air maps over China are different. So, you know, we're all being asked to sort of do, <laughs> do that too. And, I, and I, I think for me, one of the things that I really noticed is that I was attached to a way that I was. And at first, I didn't realize that that was going on. You know, that that being that dynamic and that busy, being productive in all the ways that um, I've been productive lately, um, I'm not able to do entirely right now, and I was really attached to it. (laughs) And so... Um, a little like what you're talking about, I, it made me realize that there is, you know, there's a danger in being attached. And it was really a freedom to, to, first of all, be aware of it and then recognize that I can just not be so attached. Does yeah. that make sense? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> you know, that Buddhist tenet, attachment is suffering. And when yes. we're really attached yeah. to something, we tend to suffer. And daily gratitude practice you know, even if there's things we're obviously not grateful for, to find the, that proverbial silver lining in whatever it is we're experiencing is our way to freedom, personal freedom in the rest of our life. And this is a great opportunity for growth. And yeah. it's a shame that human beings, we really like to grow through suffering, which is just really a pain in the, pain in the behind to me. I wish that we could 
grow through pleasure more often, but uh, I seem not to be in charge. But if I were, that would be one of my my primary edicts. (laughs) So I have a question for you. How can listeners find out more? Because, of course, we are running out of time, as I knew it happened. We would just be talking, and before I knew it, it would be time to stop. Um, Find out more about about me? Yeah, Yeah, how to find you. For a okay. session, I, I, have a I know we practice. did talk about your, your book. You have this fab, fabulous book called Ravishing, a memoir about your pre-Me Too Hollywood time, and it's it's a really wonderful self-healing journey and provides a lot of insight for people. And I promise I'll have you back on and we'll talk about your book. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that I'm was our initial you plan. That we were going to talk about your book, and then we shifted here. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. We decided to to um, focus, but I want to say that, that ravishing, and you know this, you could say is also a practical guide for resilience in challenging right. times. And so along with some other books I could recommend, you know, ravishing certainly accomplishes that. And we all need resilience right now. Oh, That's definitely. one of the things we really, really are going to be needing. So, so let me just say that. And then I, and then I will get back to in a moment talking about how to reach me but I wanted to recommend some other books to people because I know that's one thing people are wanting to do right now is read and I mentioned uh, uh, Martin Seligman's Flourish there's my book Ravishing there's a wonderful book uh, by Viktor Frankl many people probably already know I've been thinking about that one a lot which is Man's Search for Meaning Mm -hmm. Um, and then there's a, a wonderful book one of my colleagues recommended to me called Switch, How to Change When Change is Hard by the Heath Brothers. So there are those recommendations. And as far as how to reach me, I have a uh, hypnotherapy practice in Fort Bragg. And what do you want? Phone number, Phone number website, website, email? Yeah, <laughs> okay. Website's so, always the easiest. Phone number, <laughs> website. Okay. Uh, my phone number is 707-357-6075. My hypnosis website is pretty straightforward, Elena Guest, hypnotherapy.com. And Elena is spelled A-L-E-N-A. My last name is G-U-E-S-T, Elena Guest, hypnotherapy.com. And... Uh, the web, my author website is just elenaguest.com. I really appreciate talking to you. You're, I, I look forward to meeting you. <laughs> I know you've got plans for the future, and I want to hear about that. So let's make a, a plan to do this again. Okay. Thanks so much again, Blake. Really, mm. really a pleasure talking to you. Well, thanks for sharing your wisdom and guidance to our listeners, and be well out there. Okay, take exquisite care of yourself. Well, that concludes my interview with Alina Guest. You're listening to Be More Now, and I'm your host, Blake Moore. And Alina Guest and I have been speaking about creative responses to making peace with sheltering in place. To listen to this conversation again, catch past episodes, or simply locate Alina Guest's contact info, check out Be More Now in the program showcase on kzyx.org. I'll be back next month in your ears on May 21st with Mendocino Film Festival director Claudia Pugh. We plan to talk about virtual film festivals, the importance of independent film, and more. 
I also plan to share more of our county's youth voices reciting their responses to COVID-19 and sheltering in place creatively. And be sure and tune in tomorrow morning, Friday, May 1st, from 9 to 9.30 for The Uplift, featuring local area poets, writers, songwriters, musicians, and spoken word artists with their reflections on the pandemic. And directly after The Uplift at 9.30, you can also catch local coronavirus coverage with Mendocino County CEO Carmel Angelo, who promises to bring listeners the latest information about Mendocino County's efforts to respond to the coronavirus crisis. The phone lines will also be open for listener calls. And also tomorrow, along the same lines from 3 to 3.30, join Ukiah ER physician Dr. Drew Colfax and his colleagues on the front lines of the local healthcare system for the latest coronavirus numbers, insights about the county's ongoing response to the pandemic, and information about keeping yourself and the community safe during COVID-19 shelter-in-place. The phone lines will also be open up for questions during this time. I'm going to close tonight's program with a few more youth responses to COVID-19. You'll hear Cheyenne, Joaquin, Hattie, Ben, Australia, and Ulysses. And then Thank You by Rhea Skoll. And finally, Mahara McKay with One Life. After that is Pulse of the Planet, followed by W. Dan and much-needed laughs from the treehouse. So stay tuned and have a peaceful, calm evening. And of course, thank you so much for listening. I have many questions for you that will hopefully be answered in some context. First, I want to ask you your thoughts and feelings on causing a global pandemic. Do you feel bad for people having to fight your virus? Do you wish it would have never happened? Or do you think it was all inevitable? Secondly, do you know why you are here? Are you here as a reminder or a wake-up call? Or are you here as a punishment or a terrorizer? For the final question, I want to ask you what you believe are your gifts to the world through your virus. Do you find your gifts in that of the quarantine and time off? Or maybe everyone coming together to fight your virus? For me... You have brought mostly fortunate events such as juicy steak dinners, the sight of family and friends, the sound of ping pong balls hitting the table, and the smell of a sizzling barbecue. Though there were some unfortunate events such as feeling the urge of hugging and high-fiving yet not being able to do those things, with all these senses there are a lot more people going through a lot worse than me. In conclusion, I find you to be both a blessing and a curse. 
I hope you reply with some sort of context, such as a sign or a flattened curve. Sincerely, Joaquin Fiella. Why coronavirus? Dear coronavirus, why have you come to our world? Was it to give the world a gift of sorrow? To have many families cry in pain of losing a loved one? To separate family and friends by social distancing? You started quarantine. You started the pandemic. You have every healthcare worker in the industry working to prevent you from harming more human beings. What does making people sick make you feel like? To the world, it feels like not being able to hug their family and friends. Having to stay home, away from school, away from friends and family. Shelter in place is like being locked in a box. Quarantine is like being stranded in the middle of the ocean, away from all your family and friends. So once again, I ask, why have you come to our world? Why did you have to bring the virus here? Howdy Piper. Dear coronavirus, what do you want to say? Why would you want to do this? To split us up? To tear us apart? To make us keep each other at a distance? What's that old saying? Safety in numbers? So why have you split us up? Why have you forced us apart? Was it to send a message? To tell us that we should have been more careful? Is this our consequence? To stay six feet apart? Removed from the ones we love? To make us fear for each other's health? To worry if we're infected? You're not a message. You're a plague. You won't go on forever. And when we can finally go outside again, free of masks and a minimum safe distance, we'll show you that we are safer in numbers. We are not afraid of you. Dear Coronavirus, you have arrived when we least expected it, and so you have done so much damage all over the world. Coronavirus, you have lasted longer than we expected. You have caused so many tears and so much pain. You have left us with so many deaths. You have caused us to be separated in stress. What have you done? You left our roads quiet. You have caused doctors and nurses to run their care for patients who do not expect. Since you got here, one big thing has changed. The ocean is clean and the animals have been free and happy. Coronavirus, why are you here? What have you done? I can tell you, Coronavirus, that we are going to win you. And we will resist to continue living. Dear COVID-19, thanks for teaching us what's important in the world. Thanks for telling us to stop and do the right things. Thanks for telling the world to wash hands all day. Thanks for scientists to finding a cure. Thanks for closing malls, casinos, restaurants, and events. Because if it wasn't closed, there will be more people infected. We all got to thank the COVID-19 for letting the world to breathe. We all know the world is infected. And it's closing and it's losing. So we got to help the world by washing hands, cleaning stuff that we touch and giving love to the world. Thank you for shaking us and showing us we are dependent on something much bigger than we think. Thank you for making us appreciate the luxury we lived in, abundance of products, freedom, health, and realizing we were taking it for granted. Thank you for stopping us, to make us see how lost we were in the busyness, not having time for the most basic things. Thank you for allowing us to put aside all our problems 
we thought were so important and showing us what is actually important. Thank you for stopping the transport. The earth was begging us to look at the pollution for a very long time. We didn't listen. Thank you for all the fear. It has been a global disease for years, but not many of us wanted to face it. And now we have to face it and learn how to embrace it with love and with the support of our community. Thank you for this re-evaluation of our lives. Thank you as we finally understand what it means that we are all connected. Thank you for the unity between all of us. We knew the world has to change. Thank you for helping us to undermine everything and giving us a chance to build the world from the very beginning. This virus is part of us. It's between us, in us. It connected us all, either physically or energetically. Gratitude supports the immune system, but also lets us see things from many perspectives. And it's up to us which perspective we will choose, but best is to be aware of all of them.